Um, all right, well, uh, we're going to have a special time today uh, talking to some mums. Before, before I welcome them up, I just want to say a couple of things, um, if I can. Well, I can, so I will. And um, Mother's Day is a um, really, really important day. And it's actually, <laughs> hey, the clock up there says 2 hours 45. So I just want to say, could we not have, oh, someone's keen. Yes. She, oh, no one else's. All right. Um, in Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12, the Lord instructs us to honour, value, honour, esteem, fathers and mothers. Leviticus 19.3 that every one of the Israelites was to revere their mum and dad. Pretty interesting. Why did God give those instructions? Why did God set that in motion? Well, listen to this. The family was actually vital to the plan of salvation that he was going to bring about to you and me through Jesus. Um, to Eve, the first mum, uh, it was said God said, through you, one will come who will crush the head of the serpent, though his heel uh, will be struck. And that is a uh, beautiful and poetic way of saying that Jesus was one day going to come and refer to him as being a son or a child. So basically, God was going to bring about the salvation plan through a child and a mum. That blows me away. He wasn't going to do it through clergy and through rigid religion. It was going to be through a mum. Mums are chosen. Mums are trusted. Co you are co-creators in the miracle of what? Of bringing about the image-bearing children of God. And fathers are different. We say to our kids, dream. Go ahead. You can do it. Stop crying. Mums, they say, you're already loved. I'll help you do it. Don't cry. Don't listen to your father. You know, just, just, just those kind of things. It's a good team, though, because you've got one who's like, come on, you know, jump off the roof. And the, and the mum going, don't do it. And somewhere someone puts a trampoline there instead. You know, there's a good compromise. But, but this isn't just about kind of the fundamentals of family life and the fun we have. A historian and scholar said this, listen to this, that after Eve, every mum in Israel would have been conscious that the baby that they were carrying could well be the Messiah. Because it was a promise given to Eve that the child would do this work, the salvation work. Think about that. That's hero status. That you could be thinking of yourself as doing something so important so collaborative with God that God would choose a woman to do it. So I just want to say that actually I think Mother's Day is probably more important than Father's Day. Although we do need to work out how to be good fathers and effective fathers in 2022 because it, things have changed a little bit. But I want to say to the mums that you are collaborators, you are co-workers, you're actually co-creators with the Master, and even though our Jesus, our Messiah has come, He's still bringing about champions into the earth, and He used you and chose you to do it. So if that didn't just put some value on motherhood, I'm not sure what, what will. So we're going to talk about it, and to do that, we have two very special mums. One has adult children, 
And the other one has young adult children and some teens. I've uh, known both these mums my entire life. Uh, I have the utmost respect for them both. Uh, They are remarkable people and remarkable mums. And so we're going to have a chat about motherhood. Could everybody in a moment please put your hands together for Pastor Viv Liebesai and Pastor Rebecca Wife Heslop. Rebecca Heslop. That'd be amazing. Come on, come up here. Come up here, guys. Come on up. Come and take a to, seat. Do we need to be on particular seats? Or yeah, just it? whatever you... What, should I sit in the middle or on the left? What would you ladies think is best? The mums know how to organise it. You're, okay. you're in the middle. Okay, wow, that's great. We can give you a little nudge. Is this good? <laughs> oh, wow. I just want to say before we start that I um, want to publicly honour you both as being the most amazing mums and amazing women. And uh, I have seen, uh, you know, and, and observed your, particularly your parenting, very close hand. <laughs> but um, I, I just want to say that I really honestly... And you've received some of mine, haven't you? Yeah. And, um, but that's right. That was a mothering moment there. And, but yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But I just, um, (laughs) but a smothering, is your mic on, Viv? Here we go, we'll fix it. It's happening. Um, okay, so for that reason, I'm really keen to have this conversation with you two. And so I thought we'd just start with some, um, you know, some quick fire, uh, questions. You ready? Excuse me. Are you ready, Rebecca? Um, Rebecca, how many children do you have? I have five. Five. And a half. (laughs) Five (laughs) children. It's amazing. Um, Viv, how many children do you have? Two and a half. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Question, I mean, don't answer it if you don't want to, but how many children did you want to have? Oh, is this I... not good? Oh, two of our kids just said, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, girls, you're about to find out the truth. Here I... we go. No, the truth is, like, when I was at school and they get you to write down your goals, I didn't write five. Oh. However, children are kind of addictive. Like, you have yeah. one, that one's so cute, and then another one, another one. So my addiction stopped at five, and I'm happy with that. Good, good. girl. Good. What about you, Viv? Well, I was so happy with what I was best with, which is two. And um, that is all I really wanted when I got the two. Yeah. That's probably all I could handle, I think. <laughs> Do you think? <laughs> Jared is going to have four. What? It Does Alicia know? was four. Okay. Um, okay. Any grandkids at all? Any grandkids for you? Three. Three grandchildren. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Is it like motherhood or is it different? No, it's really different. It's really different. It's a lot funner. <laughs> <laughs> is it the part that you can give them back to oh, people? Or? They're not just that. No, no, I'd like to keep them. Nah, no. <laughs> no, they're just, they're just, there's something about grandkids. Hey, yeah. all the nans and pops and grandmas and granddads, eh? It's just something That's cool, special. Eh? Yeah. Have you got any grandchildren? No, I do not. Not oh, yeah? yet. I think there will be a little bit in the future. But I right. look forward to it. I do look forward yeah. to it. I think you'll love that it. looks awesome. You'll be great grandparents, you too. Thanks, Viv. Old, <laughs> you ready, Out of interest, like, what is the time frame that we would be um, expecting? <laughs> it's, I mean, there's no, the no one's married. The two oldest okay. down there, but, yeah, no, you're not. Yeah, no, okay. A wee while, five years. <laughs> okay, cool. So, um, 
Man, it, it would so suck to be our kids, eh? Sorry, guys. Just whenever you want, once you're married, it's great. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Tell us something humorous about one of your children. Uh, preferably one that we know. Okay, Rebecca, you can start. Well, because there's five of them, there's like quite a collection of humorous stories. I kind of didn't want to embarrass them more than they get embarrassed most options when we get to talk. So I thought I'll use one that's out of the room. Oh, good. And um, so our youngest, he's, he is uh, 12 now, but he was quite a humorous child. He had quite a good vocab for his age. And so at three one day when I went to pick him up from preschool, which he went to, and he had um, quite a good rapport with most of the teachers, he, they said to me, hey, Jude has been letting us know a bit about you bit more about you today and I went oh yeah yeah thinking oh it's just one of the funny story you know something random from home he goes yeah yeah he's got a new stepdad he was telling us about and I went oh okay <laughs> and that you have alcohol regularly rolling around in your car and you wear pull-ups to bed and I went okay so that's a lot of secrets that are not true um I have never met John Cena, so he is not a stepdad. He, he said, my stepdad, I've got a new stepdad. Oh, yeah, really? His name's John Cena. Yeah. That's what Judah said, yeah. So, yeah, that was kind of embarrassing. Luckily, I knew them really well, and we could laugh about it. But, yeah, that was an embarrassing, embarrassing for me moment. Luckily, we still do dinner, religiously, dinner around the table every night, yeah. and we still hear great stories. We do, And every night last week was lot. some perlers. There were many. From a person who's just started full-time work. Yeah. Oh, man, I can't wait to share them with you all. Okay, Viv, you got anything? So for um, with our kids, both of them, I actually can't separate and pull one story out because this wouldn't be fair because both of them, Jared and Crystal, every day was a laugh. Mm. Their sense of humours are just off the scale. Um, always was and always is if you know them. Actually, there might be a photo. I just found a photo that kind of just really like describes or shows a little bit of who they are. There's their personalities. You can see that. That's just a casual photo um, one day. And Jared's, and there's another one. Um, um, you see the looks. You just see the expression. Look at that look on Crystal's face. It's just, it's just pure cheeky, just humour. She's actually wearing the, my wedding veil, which she actually wore on her wedding day. I'm surprised that it actually made it because she, that would be dress-ups. I don't know what else she's wearing. We won't comment. But um, she would find things to wear. Every day was humorous. Uh, so many fun things. I remember specific standout moments, always on holidays, though, when they were trying new things. And this particular time, we had uh, we were really blessed to have four weeks in the Cook Islands. And um, we had to do... We, our mode of transport was, this, was scooters. We had two scooters. And um, watching these guys learn how to drive them and ride them, there was um, so many, so many near misses. Of, I think a palm tree did get collected, pretty much. I was on the back, Crystal was driving, we did a slideways, sideways skid. Lots of humorous, funny, standout moments on a holiday. I just remember so much. Um, funny money. They're just funny people. They're funny people then they and they're funny, funny people now. I think you all agree. Yeah, they're you funny. Know them, they're very funny. They're a lot of fun. Okay, I want to. I, I thought for this morning that we, when I was thinking about our convo, that I thought, man, it'd be good to, to take a slightly different angle on what we may or may not have, can't quite remember, have done in the past. But I wanted to talk about three categories of, um, I guess, as we immerse ourselves in a mum's world. Uh, so I wanted to talk about number one, you, the mum, 
And then I wanted to talk about you to the spiritual mums. So being mums who are spiritually uh, wired. And then I wanted to actually finish by talking about you, the individuals. Because you're obviously already individuals before you ever had kids. So I know we can all learn so much from this. And um, I, I, that is the purpose of it, to be encouraging. So first of all, Viv, I thought I'll ask you first. Uh, what are the best things about being a mum? And what are some of the more challenging parts of being a mum? Okay, so for me, the best thing has been 100% watching the two of them grow and uh, through every stage of their lives. And some of those stages was a little bit of an ouch before the R, as in um, letting go of one stage and letting them get into the next one. But the best thing is always, has just been watching them develop into the adults that they are today. Um, married, um, two of these guys with kids, so their parents. And it's just, that's the, that's the best thing, watching your kids grow from stage to stage to stage and just, I guess, being there when needed in those moments. Um, and then also seeing them walk out their different God callings and being confident in who they are. So that's, that's really the best thing for me about being a mum, just seeing that, um, that growth and that, those stages of development. It's pretty cool. And challenging? Yeah, challenging. Um, probably when I think about it, always being present, when present, that's always been a challenging moment for me and, um, and not being distracted. I'm probably really grateful that in the early days, the primary school days, I didn't have a cell phone. I think we got cell phones like maybe, maybe in teenage years, can't remember when they came in, but um, probably that was a real lifesaver for me that I actually didn't have a cell phone back then. Eek. Just the distraction. So being the challenges, being present, present. And I just actually, um, I commented on one of uh, Beck's posters at the rugby game, and I just remember so many times, particularly at the netball and soccer, um, and being distracted in conversations with people. And I remember being told off by Crystal, because Crystal was in the room, um, you weren't even watching the game. And truth be told, that was actually right. So that was a challenge, being present, present. It's a real challenge. It's an interesting world we've got now, mm. eh, with uh, mega, huge distraction for all of us. Uh, Rebecca, same for you. What's, what's some of the things that for you are just like the best things? And then what are some of the more challenging things? Well, the best thing, I guess, for me is definitely that I get to be a mum. Like, I appreciate some people, they don't. Oh, you're emotional. Um, so as I don't take it for granted, and I don't get quite an abundance of them. <laughs> so, you know, that is, while it can be busy, um, I, I feel, like, really blessed. Whew, sorry, emotions. Is there um, any tissues? We no, might prepare okay. ourselves. I, I won't sniff. I won't sniff through the mic. That's not appropriate. Toilet paper? Is there uh, any toilet paper I'm there? good. No, I'm over it. I'm just thinking practical stuff now about the washing. <laughs> Baby I've got wipes. washing when I get home. Okay. <laughs> So, I, I like that you cry, personally. Okay, I'm back. I'm fine. I'm back, guys. I'm back. Uh, so, absolute blessing. Absolute blessing. And, yeah, and just so proud of them. I'm, like what was saying, each stage. Yeah, there's some hard stages, but, man, it's exciting watching them all grow into who they are. And not they're not all cookie-cutted. One child is not the no, same. Not. So I guess I get to see that variety with two parents with five children, all so different, and I love, we've got musical ones, we've got creative ones, we've got practical ones, we've got 
another musical one, another one there. Tidy ones. <laughs> tidy, yes, I've got one tidy one, you know, like... And other ones that are the mixture. Whoa. The mixture ones, sorry, girls. And then... Um, <laughs> no, so, yeah, I love that. And then the challenging, the hardest thing, I think, for me anyway, is probably journeying the hard times with them. Because there's five of them, I guess I feel like, wow, five, you know, my heart hurts for them when I see them go through hard times. And my heart hurts for me when I'm like, I taught you better than that, you know, like uh, watching them, you can't always protect them, make decisions that you wouldn't have chosen them to make or have happened without them choosing that as well. So yeah, that the hurt, I guess, of and and I guess try not to lose it in a moment when you're disappointed as a parent, you know, like that can be a challenge. It's like, hard. Oh, wow, I, I'm going to put on my poker face right now as I process what you're telling me. So, yeah, that's a challenge. And so, yeah, I think I've just had to learn to adapt in the moment, my parenting, what I thought I could would be like as a parent. I've actually had to adapt per child as well, so it's not always the same response or the same consequence even for some kids because that doesn't work for some kids. So, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. It's really insightful. You're both um, spiritual people in that we would measure that by follow, you're both followers of Jesus Christ. And you have been both before you even married. I know your story from what you've told us, and I know your story because it's my story, I guess, too. And um, I mentioned a few weeks ago in the series we've been in called Shaped about spiritual formation that um, God intends for all of us to grow and mature and go from being like um, immature kids in faith, we, that's where we start, to actually learning how to become parents in faith. You, you don't even actually have to have natural children to do that. Um, there, there, you know, Many of the heroes of faith, uh, many of them didn't have their own kids but became mums and dads in the kingdom. But for both of you, you've both, my observation is you've both parented your children with a spiritual viewpoint, spiritually, but you've also parented other people um, as spiritual mums. So my question was, because I just think that's so unique, how do you do that? (laughs) How do you be a spiritual parent or mum? And uh, how has that worked out? What are the kind of qualities? Do you want to start, Viv? Okay. Big question. Yeah. Um, how do you be a spiritual mum? I think to be that, you need to have a, a connection with the Lord for a start. With God. So yeah. that's quite important. And making, taking personal responsibility for that and um, being real. So I've always thought about it as being naturally spiritual and spiritually natural. So not being flaky when, um, when tough times happen. And the kids see you at your best and they see you at your worst. So how does that look? So when you're <clears throat> flaky is when you, you know, you just, <clears throat> everything goes crazy and you don't, you know, your first response, our first responses are really important and all, mine always haven't, haven't always been great, but quickly we'll try and bring that back to where it should be. And, um, and so, yeah, like leaning into God um, when things go tough, calling out to him, and, and the kids seeing you do that and be that. So that's what I mean about not being, not being flaky. Um, acknowledging when you didn't get it right 
or have the wrong attitude. I think those types of things. There's no point, um, I've said this before probably quite a few times, no point having lots of scriptures plastered all around your house in Christian slogans and whatever's everywhere and uh, you aren't really that. You're not, you know, when the tough times come or the rough times or the sad times, the stressful times, you're not at all anything to do with the scripture. So it's actually being real, being the real deal for your kids. You know, they hear you um, praying on the way way to school or to church in the car and just simple stuff like, it's just got to be simple, guys. That's how we mother spiritually, just being naturally spiritual, not putting it on. It's not a religious thing that we've suddenly become. It's just who we are and God. And so that really comes down to, yeah, who are we in God? So knowing, for me, being a spiritual mum for anybody is it's so important that I know who I am in Him, yeah. that He is mine and I am His, and um, and my relationship with Him is has to be strong and has to be number one for me to make a difference or have an effect on anybody, whether it's my natural kids or my spiritual kids. So that's key for me. It's really good. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, Rebecca, same question. Yeah, I agree with Viv. It's a big question. I, I love what you brought up. Thank you, Viv. That's really, I mean, it's encouraging, eh? Like, and it's just, I love that, be real. Like, it's very easy to hear people quoting off scripture, but actually your kids especially see you at home and you can lift your hands at church and tell me three scriptures in a row, but who are you at home mm. is um, actually who they're learning who God is. And so we all have days where we lose it. Don't get me wrong. There's no perfect parent sitting here. Um, I, I won't tell you. And, um, <laughs> but take it from me, not perfect. And I, I know, like Viv said, like we have to be the ones that can show them that love, that can show them that patience, that can show them that kindness, that can not remind them of the mistakes they made several times because God does all of that for us and and same for people we're trying to lead. But yeah, for my kids, I'm trying to just be a good role model to them. I'm trying to bring God in whenever I can, you know, pray for them, um, encourage them to get into worship if they need a breakthrough for themselves or find a way for them to connect with God. So I guess it's just like, it's kind of like you've got this full-time job of trying to disciple your own children. I mean, it's it's tricky if they don't want to know about God. And I guess that's when, as the parent, you're just on your knees or, you know, you're praying. Because, yeah, there's some real hard times as a parent too when you think, where is my child at with God? Mm. And so, yeah, that, that I guess comes down to, again, you're not going to, ram a scripture down their throat that's not going to make them want to know God more it's just loving them through I guess it's really good uh, we're, I mean yeah we're pretty real I, th- I hope we're reasonably real don't project perfection I do remember my mum so I had mum was mum had a fair bit on her plate but I do remember having a bible four boys eh? and also dad my dad was um, unwell so he was um like in terms of mental health when I was a young child. It was a pretty hard journey for her, uh, financially, practically, everything. So there's a lot of pressure on. I remember a Bible. I remember them dragging us to church. Um, I remember just some of those simple fundamentals. And then I also remember mum probably not being 
always that um, calm. And that's okay because I'm pretty interesting. <laughs> I was even worse when I was a kid. And then her and I really were in odds until I was probably uh, 17, 18. And then it's become a counselling session. That's quite good, isn't it? Um, and then um, I just... Thanks, sweetheart. Physical touch. Okay, sorry. <laughs> and, I, and I had a couple of things with mum rattling around, a couple of moments where she was, she'd been a bit full on. And so I talked to her after we, just when we got married, and I said, hey, we should have a chat. And we sat down, and I was just thinking about what you both reflected on that. Probably for me, the fact that not that there were mistakes or there were hurts. When we sat down and talked together, she said, I really regret being like that. And she said, there was pressure, but I still regret being like that. And she said, I'm sorry. Mm. And to me, I think God is not a human. He's not imperfect. But I think that if he was, he would say sorry. Yeah. I, th- I think there's probably things, eh, like, like if we're talking about spiritual it's not just like you're saying how long you can pray for, but it's actually redemption is the story and forgiveness is the story yeah. and um, new beginnings. But I, I, I just felt to share that because there might be people here who just feel like, damn it, man, I wish I could redo those younger years. And, and we don't get to, do we? But we could um, maybe invite a conversation, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's good. good on mum for doing that, eh? Yeah. She's a great lady. She was a great lady. Um, she was a handful at times too. Okay, number three, I want to talk. <laughs> I, I want to talk to you too about you, the individual, because my observation of parenthood as I've watched you is um, you particularly, um, and it'll be the same for you. Is there is a there is a high cost, there's sacrifice, and there's sometimes the laying down of your own dreams and priorities, pretty much every day, uh, your own dietary uh, preferences, perhaps, uh, whatever it would be. But I want to talk, talk about that. Have you ever felt like there was a risk of losing yourself in the midst, I'm going to ask you first, in the midst of all of what it meant to be a mum? Did you ever feel like you were going to lose you? And if so, in what way? And then how did you work through those dynamics, if that was the case? Yeah, I definitely, when, when the kids were really young and like we had five within eight years, I think it was, so... There was a lot of busyness and there wasn't a lot of downtime. And I think, yeah, in that season, it was easy to get lost in the busyness, the mundane, the groundhog day, even though it was fun. But, like, going, hang on, there's more to me than the washing, the cleaning, the nappies, the, all of that. And I remember this person saying to me one day, saw me toot along with, oh, all those children, you're surely not, you're too little, and oh, that husband of yours, Graham, and I wanted to say, I'm more than me and my little train of children and my <laughs> husband, like, excuse me, I'm a person here, and inside I was just like, yeah, I'm more than that, and yeah, I love all of that, but it was a moment where I was like, you know, I'm more than that, and so I... That's so awesome. Yeah, I made sure that even though in the season of busy young mum, I got involved in stuff that maybe allowed me to use some of, you know, who I was, some of my strengths, some of my things that gave me purpose beyond my home, because my home, the purpose of my home was still awesome, but beyond that, so I was getting energised as well, and so, yeah, I did that, and then I think it changes as well, like each season changes, you can adapt it again, 
Um, I've forgotten the last part of the question. What was it? Am I answering it? Yeah, yeah, you are, yeah, fully. Because we would have moments too, and we do this on a, not every day, but we do it probably a couple of times a year. We just stop and say, hey, are we happy with the direction our lives are going in? Are you, are you happy with what we're doing? I, I would say things like, I presume we're still called to this, whatever this is, but are you feeling that? Mm. Or are you feeling, <clears throat> um, are you feeling a change in that? And it's not for itchy feet's sake. It's that I think of what I've appreciated about you is that you're willing to say, yeah, it's an honour to raise my kids, but, I, but there's more. God's given me more than just that. And you've kept on redefining yourself. So it's probably having the opportunity to think about it, yeah. to talk about it. Yeah, well, you, and you support me as well, so that works well. But And I know for some parents, they need to go back to work to be yeah, a yeah. better parent as well, so they do both, but for yeah. them, that makes them the better parent. So I think probably as time's going on, people are working out what makes them a better version of being a mum. But yeah, for mm. me, it was just adding, adding, even though it made me busier, adding to what I was doing so it was also using some of who I am. And same for you, Viv. Was there ever a time you felt as though shivers, I'm losing myself? Or, I mean, you talked earlier about your own relationship with God, and that's the obvious anchor. Yeah, I, I, I kind of came to this point in the early years when the when the kids were little and life was real busy because we're early years of um, part from the church as well. And um, I had to, I came to that. Oh, hello, everyone over there. Realization that. Um, like, oh, I've got a neck issue at the moment. It's kind of hard to turn around. Um, so, sorry, sharing personal information <laughs> in the middle of this. That's great. Oh, um, I had to realise that um, if I lost myself, which I did at moments, that's for sure, um, then I was losing my, the full ability to love properly. And so I had to discover how I would emotionally replenish myself to be able to actually continue love, loving my, not only my children, but others authentically with that. And I think it's a real big deal for us, for mums, for parents, um, for all of us when you're in the business of caring for others, of which we all are really. We, we all, if we're you know, employers, we have people to care for. And um, so you actually have to really gain, keep on looking at yourself, going, what is it? What are my preferences? Even though, as a mum, most of the time, especially when they're little, you have to give away your preferences because it's a responsibility, you know, when you're given a life to bring up in this world, it is a huge responsibility to nurture them. And so their preferences, as in food that they eat, um, music that they want to listen to, they're key. Their needs are very, very key. And there are times where you actually have to put aside your own needs for them, stage and age, right? Stage and age of children. And, uh, you know, you realize, when I'm sitting, you realise that so those years, mm, so cliche, they go so quickly, right? But you, we've got a lot of years where, you know, now I can eat whatever I want, except when the kids come and visit generally. Um, I still give them what they like. Do we? Do I? Yes, I do. Um, and, and the grandchildren now, they like Cheerios. Well, I would never eat at Cheerio, although every now and then Cheerios are quite good. But, um, and music and programs, all those sorts of things, you know? Like, when you don't have your kids, you can do whatever. You can do you, boo. You know, like, you can do whatever you want then. It's great. But while you've got them, man, it's what they need. Yeah. 
but don't lose yourself. So realise. So I actually read way back. I read some things. What used to really replenish me was like it was. I wrote this down: an afternoon nap, ooh, a bike ride. Well, no, no, those things are no longer me. Now, now, what do I need to replenish me Very in this good. stage and age of my life? And we need to ask those questions. So you're right. It changes throughout our life. We have to keep on asking the question, what is it now? You know, I don't need afternoon naps. I don't need them. They're no, they're no longer me. It doesn't do it for me. But what does it? Very good. That's a good question. I've really enjoyed, I think we would all have enjoyed talking and listening to you both. I could have probably got any two mums up here and you would have had something to add. This is really a community uh, expression today, but it's just two wonderful mums. And I think even us males, dads, um, or others who are out of that initial season, just thinking of all the young mums with young kids at the moment, you get a lot of pressure on your plate at the moment, uh, a lot of stress. There's a lot of um, just, you know, just full on. And we, we know we've all kind of been there in different ways. So, But I wanted to take a moment to finish by praying um, I was just in worship uh, this morning, felt like there were some mums carrying some regret. And I want to pray for you. I want to pray that God would take the regret that you're carrying and replace it for gratitude, the, the things in which you can truly be uh, so grateful for. So I'm going to get you to pray for that, Viv. And then I also want to pray for anyone here in the room today who doesn't know Jesus. And you don't have your own relationship with him. Jesus offers each one of us, no matter our past, our upbringing, what we've done good, bad, and different, none of it can ever be weighed as holy, but he is holy, and he reconciled us to God the Father, to relationship. And if you're here today and you do not know Jesus, he offers you salvation free, that you can know him personally. Isn't that amazing? Isn't it amazing we don't have to jump through hoops but all we need to do is receive it. So I'm going to get Rebecca to pray for that. So should we pray, finish in prayer? And uh, even right now, as we uh, bow our heads and close our eyes, maybe you would want to reflect on uh, either of those two things we just discussed. And Viv, do you want to, do you want to pray? Sure. Heavenly Father, we come to you today. And I just, God, thank you so much for every mum in this room, Lord God, and the ones who aren't present. Father, I just pray, Lord God, Lord, that you would reach down and you would, God, just minister the way that only you can, particularly for ones who are, do carry regret or a sense of loss of time or moments. Father, I pray, God, you would minister fresh hope into every heart in Jesus' name and that you would even show them a way or give them the words to say or moments that they can actually maybe bring some change into that. But Lord, let them know that you love them. That yeah, we're not perfect. You don't actually expect us to be. You love us as we are with all our downfalls and the things that we don't do properly. God, you love us even so. I just, I really sense that. God wants you to all know that you are deeply, deeply loved and he has your back. And I also feel that there's mums in this room and you're just way too hard on yourself. And right in this moment, you've got to let that go. Let God come 
and minister to your heart and let him whisper into you, you are my girl. You are my daughter and I love you so, so much. And there's nothing that you can do or don't do that changes that fact. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I just want to pray for the ones of you who might be sitting here right now and you, uh, your heart's racing and you haven't made this decision before, but, you know, in this moment, God wants to meet you. God wants, to, uh, wants you to be in, his, in your heart. And so for some of you, you may have done this before, but today you're reminded that you are His child, that He loves you, that even though you might have regrets, you might have stuff that you feel so far away from Him and you feel that shame, you feel embarrassed, you feel like, oh, I just want to be close to you again. Maybe some of you have never known it and I encourage you uh, as someone who's received Jesus years ago, the transformation that He does in your life, the connection, the support, it's like your besties there all the time. I just want to lead you in a prayer. And I'm going to make it simple because you know what? We don't need to complicate inviting Jesus into your heart. So if you would love to receive Jesus, then repeat after me and we'll get everyone to say it because it's not awkward for anyone. Dear Lord Jesus, today I invite you into my heart. I ask you, Lord, to forgive me of the stuff I'm embarrassed of. I accept you into my heart and I want to start a journey of following you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. If you just We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch with us. Email us at info or visit our website.